Hello, and welcome back to West Coast Roundup, Season 2, Episode 4. I'm your host, Sam Blon, runner of the West WCC Basketball Expert Twitter account. And let's get right into it. For West Coast Conference Power Rankings this week, a lot of mix-up. Uh, up top, bottom part, stayed mostly the same. Uh, number one, Gonzaga. 10-2, and two, finished non-conference strong, keeping them there. Number two, San Fran. They moved up a spot. They finished the non-conference 13-1. and one. They were fantastic, did what they needed to. Just scheduled another game, tough one. Um, but San Francisco looks like the number two running team for that uh, West Coast or for the attorney spot. Number three, St. Mary's. Uh, moved them up a spot. Them and BYU, I have really close. BYU dropped two spots. They have them at the four. Um, Vanderbilt loss is not bad for BYU. Let's let's talk about them first, and I'll talk about St. Mary's. The reason why I dropped BYU too. Vanderbilt loss isn't terrible, but I think there's just some problems in um I mean, BYU offense is now becoming three-point reliant, I think, a little bit, since you don't have an interior presence anymore. Foose Traore has been great, but uh, besides him, you don't have another big man down there that can get their buckets and make a living down there. So then you're having these players, and you've seen Nell. He's stepped up. He's looked good, Trevin Nell. He's starting to find a stride, which is big for this team. I think if BYU wants to stay uh, into the get into attorney, they're going to need him to step up and some of their other shooters to find a shooting stroke, which they have. I mean, George has found his stroke finally. All the players they need to step up are stepping up. Hunter Erickson even, is uh, he's starting to get some minutes. He's looked good. So I would say my dro- me dropping BYU two spots is a bit of an overreaction. I do think San Francisco deserves the number two right now. I'll have BYU. I mean, them and St. Mary's like a flip-flop. St. Mary's, though, they've done a good job. That San Diego State loss was... A concerning for me at the time, I was kind of shocked they lost that one. I thought they were really going to win that one. But then they came back and actually had two really good performances. Uh, Missouri State-St. Mary game, it's, they struggled in the first half. And then second half, they just blew Missouri State out of water. And then they carried that into what I think was their best game of the year, and they defeated Yale 87-60. And that was a complete performance from start to finish. I think even though the Oregon game it was their most complete game of the year, they looked fantastic in that. Um, Gus Augustus Marcellionis is starting to get starts. I thought he would get more minutes, and he has. But really, even though he's gotten thrust into the starting lineup, Kuzi has been the one that's been shining off the bench. He's been fantastic recently. And then Toss is just doing his, being his efficient, um, his efficient post player, and he's sticking to that. I mean, if they can get Fotu back, Fotu's been falling off as a result of some other players stepping up, and Fotu struggled. If they can get back to where he was when they were in that uh, Maui Gym Classic level, St. Mary's is a very dangerous team. Looking on to number five spot, we have Santa Clara. Santa Clara's been good. They've been steady throughout conference play. And it's a team, I think, that could really shake up the West Coast Conference. Um, later in the episode, I'll talk what my... Before all the COVID hit half the teams, I'll be talking about what my predictions for the conference play were. And I had Santa Clara, I mean... They're going to upset some of those top four teams that are all fighting for that tourney spot. Uh, Santa Clara dropped a few too many in their non-conference to be in the fight for a tourney spot unless they win the conference tournament. But I think they had Vrankich healthy and you know, a few things. You could say always like Vrankich healthy, but he wasn't. But if they did, I think it's a tourney team. I, Santa Clara I think would be right up there with the rest of our league 
uh, fighting for one of those four spots, and you could maybe, I mean, no way the conference would get five, but I think this year top five teams all have tourney potential. I mean, Jalen Williams is a star. I, I knew I had him predicted first team to start the year. And so far, he has lived up to that, but he has shattered what I thought he would do. I thought he was going to be pretty good, but he is a star now in, in this conference, uh, along with the likes of Jamari Bouye, who's another player that's really stepped up and looks like a star. Carlos Stewart has also started to emerge for him, which is big. I mean, Santa Clara is going to lose some players this year, so having Carlos Stewart, and they need bench depth this year, especially. So having Carlos Stewart get some, uh, he got a couple starts. He's been looking good in those starts. So seeing him get some confidence is going to be big for that Santa Clara team moving forward. Number six, LMU. They stayed in their same spot. Had a good win versus Bellerman. Biggest problem for them, Eli Scott is one of the nation-leading turnover players. He has some. He has one of the most most turnovers in the uh, nation almost. Uh, said that really weird. But he has to figure that out. Um, you can't turn it over as much as he does with how much he has the ball in his hands. They really run the offense through him. So he needs to clean it up. But Joe Quintana... Wow, he's been incredible this year. I uh, Two years ago when they struggled, I thought losing Joe Quintana and Damian Douglas were a big reason why, but he has developed as a player. I mean, him and Dame Douglas really are starting to show that LMU's struggles may have been because they didn't have uh, the two of them. But Quintana averaging 15 points, by far the most in his career, and Damian Douglas is doing 11 points and uh, 5.4 rebounds. This team still lacks a scoring edge you would like to see, given um, the players they have. They're smaller. That's been a struggle for them. But I think the biggest issue is not a lot of players on that team can get their own shot, uh, especially from the guard position. So Cam Sheldon struggled eight points a game. I've been saying this, but really I don't know if he's struggled as much as I make it seem. I think it's more... We had too high expectations for him coming in. I mean, the level of competition compared from the West Coast Conference and the schedules they play is a lot better than what the Big Sky does. So it'll be interesting to see how he does in West Coast Conference play. I think you'll see LMU. They still are a developing team. There's a lot of new pieces that came in. So I think you'll see him develop and actually become better throughout conference play. Seven, San Diego. Um, Their last result was really worrying for me, though. The loss to UNLV, 57-80, was not very encouraging. And you don't have Jace Townsend, who I think, I mean, he's a really good player. Uh, He's pushing for, I think, a second-team spot or honorable mention spot for all West Coast Conference. He was playing good at the beginning this year, but he's been missing games. And, I mean, you've seen San Diego struggle. I mean, you're relying on a McKinney, who's good, but he's a freshman. I don't think he's, he's not ready for that starting role. You're relying on him to run the point for you, uh, along with Bryce Monroe. Bryce Monroe is good. I think he's more of a role player. He's not really a, he's not star caliber. And then they had to bring in TJ Berger. He's more of a role player too, I would say, not so much a starter. But you've seen Erlington step. Terrell Brown slumped. He came back. He had a good university on LV. I think when San Diego gets Jace Townsend back, they're a much better team. Uh, he is the point, the true point guard for him. So not having your, I mean, your starting point guard is a big loss so i think san diego if they can get their starting point guard they can start pushing more uh level with lmu number eight i have pepperdine pepperdine is clearly gone much better over this uh preseason this non-conference slate 
I mean, from where they started when they lost their before the even non conference, they lost to Point Loma, a D two school, and uh, you figured it was going to be rough. And yeah, they started rough. Rice was a tough loss. I mean, especially because they were in it till halftime, but still weren't playing that good. But then they just got dominated the second half. Um, to now, I mean, competing with Oregon. That was a great effort from them. And I think its players are starting to finally learn the rules. Uh, beginning of the year, you saw uh, some of the upperclassmen trying to take on a role that isn't quite there for them. Um, like Victor Ohia Obioha is was trying to be a scorer. That's That's not what he is. He's a good post player, good defensively. Gets easy buckets, gets offensive rebounds. Um, Keith Fisher, instead of living out on the perimeter, he's starting to stay down low, and he is racking up boards. I mean, 6'8", super athletic. That's where he's got to be. I mean, especially for this Pepperdine team that's a little bit on the smaller side, but they're athletic. Keith Fisher has to get down low and get some boards for him, and he's been killing that recently. Uh, and then you're seeing Max Lowe-Lewis. He wasn't there at the start of the season. He's healthy now. He's starting to show why he's so highly recruited. I mean... His athleticism with his three-point shooting, it's it's similar to what Kessler Edwards is. I mean, you brought in a guy that can replace him. And I've said this before, but they really replaced the senior as well with freshmen. Uh, they're not quite up to the levels, obviously, of what Colby Ross and Kessler Edwards were. But they have potential to be really good players, all West Coast Conference players in the future. Uh, especially Maxwell Lewis. I mean, Houston Millette's been fantastic. Mike Mitchell is such a great uh, distributor as a freshman, and he's been really good for him. Um, so those three, I mean, Pepperdine, bright future. Zedek has started to step up too. He's really been the scorer. I thought he was going to be their top scorer this year, having to replace uh, the two that left, Kessler and Colby Ross. Zedek was the next man up. He's been a great scorer. Um Jade Smith is such a good role player for him. If they can get him to stay another year after this, um, Pepperdine could be for a big boost next year. I mean, depending on how much their players develop. But they have a lot of talent there for sure. Number nine, Portland. Portland this week only had one game. 65-60 UC Davis. Kept them in the same spot. First half was all Moses Wood. Wow, he was fantastic. Didn't miss a shot. Had 16 points. I think he was 7 for 7. And then Meadows, uh, second half, uh, he stepped up. He was fantastic second half. He was, it was a tale of two halves there. But you could say Portland, people are knocking on their non-conference schedule because it wasn't very good. The quality of teams they played were not high at all. I mean, their two best games were Oregon and Arizona State. And those two teams were are middle of the pack, Pac-12, maybe even bottom. Who knows? But they're not the best. And then the rest of them were all teams that weren't very impressive. But you have to say the product on the court is much better than anything in the last three years. And also, Portland went 9-6 and six in non-conference. And they had a terrible schedule. You look at the last three years with Porter, you think they couldn't even do this. And they were playing probably they were playing the exact same quality of teams. Uh, so you've clearly seen Portland make a much better step up. Not only is the players are better now, but the way they play is much more enjoyable, much better. I mean, it it was hard to watch Portland. No offense. This is going to be harsh, but it's the truth. It was hard to watch Portland the last couple of years. I mean, they were just not anything up to the standard of what a team in the West Coast Conference should be. Uh, but this year, I mean, there's actually they got some players now, and it's fun to watch them. Um, good on offense. I mean, Moses Woods, Meadows, Robertson, 
Austin. They have players that can score now, and it's just so much better than anything we've seen. So Shantae Leggins, even if they might struggle in the West Coast Conference, you can't take away from what he's already done. I mean, this is already a better team in the first season and a much better product than the four or three years Terry Porter had to install a culture and try and get a product out of it. So hats off to Portland. They had a good non-conference schedule for uh, Portland, not Portland standards, but for what they've done in the past. Uh, and number 10, Pacific. Uh, watched them versus Cal-, Cal game. I mean, they hung in there for almost the whole game. I think the scoreline is not very representative of how the game went because it was close until just Cal blew it open at the end. Uh, Pacific just could not get a bucket. And that's one of the big things. I mean, Pacific can't score. They, the scoring's a big issue for him. You have no guy that can really make his own shot. If you don't have players that can uh, create their own shots, then you got to run some good sets. And um, I mean, Pacific doesn't really have the shot makers for a team um, that struggles in getting their own shot. I mean, you you should try and you would normally like counter that with players that can hit some threes, some set up or spot up threes, but they just uh, don't really have the kind of firepower this year or star power. So they've struggled. But what was great about the Cal game is you saw Jaden Byers. He played good. Um, he was really good in that game, stepped up, got some buckets when they needed it. And he was able to blow by some players and create some opportunities. So that'll be someone to watch in the future. I, I liked him when they picked him up. He's a really fast guard, which like Pierre Cockrell, but I think uh, he's a little bit more of a scorer, less of a distributor in that sense. Now, getting on to how I think conference will go. Uh, I put, this was beginning of the year, or beginning of the year I had it originally, and then I've changed it since then. So going into the conference, I have Gonzaga getting first, going 15-1. and one. Uh, The one loss is to, I think it's either going to be St. I have it to St. Mary's, but uh, I think it's going to be St. Mary's or USF. Um, BYU might be able to. But if BYU wants to be Gonzaga, they're going to have to be shooting like they did in the West Coast Conference Tournament final last year. They're going to really have to heat up from the outside. But I have St. Mary's beating Gonzaga right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if that one loss came from UCF or if they both. So Gonzaga, 15-1. Number two. In second place, I have St. Mary's at 12-4. Um, I think they're just going to edge out uh, USF and BYU, who I have tied third, going both 11-5. and five. Both of them split... Uh, there are two games to versus each other. Um, those three teams, like I said, they're all fine for a tournament spot. I think uh, them getting twelve and four, and USF and BYU both getting eleven and five. So I think that's good enough to get them in the tourney, especially with how other conferences are. Um, so I think you'll see uh, you'll see those two teams all or those three teams all really close. I gave St. Mary's the edge defensively. Uh, they can really lock down, and I think about if they're playing USF. You have Logan Johnson, uh, who can guard Jamari Bouye. And some of the guards, I mean, I just think St. Mary's will get it going in conference. you got some shooting and Dukas, if they can get that going. They've ended non-conference really strong with the performances. Like I said, their last two performances, the second half of Missouri State and Yale, the best I've seen St. Mary's play so far this year. Uh, so I think they're looking scary coming into conference play. I have them going 12-4, and four, carrying that momentum. USF, 11-5. BYU, 11-5. Uh, BYU, I had him a clear second going into the year. Gavin Baxter and Richard Harward are such tough injuries because I think if they had them, you would see something more along the lines of 13-3. and three. But 
without uh without them it's it's gonna be tough i mean yahoon masalski is gonna give him issues matthias toss is gonna give him issues teams with those taller i mean gonzaga i think timmy i think holgram they're gonna give him issues so i mean those athletic you know smaller players that byu got and loner and Fus Traore and G- Gideon George, you're going to have to see them step up and really play big for their size. Uh, so we'll see how BYU handles that. And then USF, I mean, Bouye, Shabazz, I mean, they when they hit the three, they're clearly the number two team in the conference. And they when they can hit it, they're a top 25 team. You can't, they're, they're so hard to stop when they're hitting their shots. So trying to stop them if they're hot. I don't. I mean, I could see them easily being the two and not losing many games. Well, I think they, I'm splitting both with uh, St. Mary's and BYU, but I think I have them losing a couple uh, to teams lower on the list. Number five, Santa Clara, but they're only going ten and six. I have Santa Clara beating a couple of those teams. That's why St. Mary's four, USF five, BYU five losses. Saint or Santa Clara will be part of those teams losing some games. Like I said, I think Santa Clara is a really strong team, not getting enough uh, credit for how talented they are they have some stars they have two stars in frankich and uh, jalen williams so if they're on if they're on given their night i mean they can beat anyone in the conference really i'm um, even gonzaga i think if they were really playing the best they can i mean that offense is very good their starting five can all score so and they get some contributions from the bench that starting five does their thing like we saw them at the beginning of the year they can pull off some upsets uh number six lmu i have them going seven and nine in conference much better I mean, the conference is very good. I think LMU has potential to maybe pull out that 8-8 uh, eight and eight mark, but I think they're going to be right around that uh, 500 per- in the conference because, I mean, I can see them getting more talented winning some more games and maybe even upsetting one of the top four. Uh, four. But for the most part, I think they're going to they're gonna also struggle with the height like uh, BYU because there's some talented post players in this league. San Diego, I have them coming in next, number seven. Six and ten, they'll uh, do good against the bottom half, I think. But top half, they're going to struggle against. Uh, Terrell Brown can defend, but once he gets in some foul trouble, I think uh, Saint, uh, San Diego will struggle. Um, you have some scores, but if Jace Townsend can get back, they'll be in a much better position, uh, kind of closer to LMU, maybe even passing them. But I think those team, two teams have bunched together. And then you have the bottom three, which I bunched together is uh, – Pepperdine going four and twelve. I see him getting better over the year. I see him, you know, maybe they upset a bigger team. I think I haven't I haven't beaten Santa Clara or LMU. Um I think Pepperdine's a team where if things go good, I mean they're young, if they get some confidence, you know, anything can happen. Especially with young teams, a lot of like look at Dayton. Dayton and their not West Coast Conference, but when in their non or preseason tournament run where they beat Kansas, all it takes is some momentum for a young team, and they get a lot of confidence, and they start playing a lot better. So if Pepperdine, you know, they've rattled off a few wins now, they're looking a little bit dangerous. So if they can get some confidence going to conference play, they can knock off a few teams, I think. Uh, number nine, Portland, 2-14. and 14. This is, I think, defensively, they can get burned. Um, they're not the best defensive team. But at the same time, offensively they're much better, and they have some scoring talent. So it was it's it's tough playing them two and fourteen because I think they are a better team than that. But looking at how the rest of the league is, how good it is, I mean, it's just gonna be 
a tough year for Portland. I I mean, maybe they kind of do more Pepperdine. Maybe they get to that range and some other teams do worse. But I, th- I, I think you'll see Portland just around that like two, three win range, maybe a four. Uh, and then last we have Pacific. I have one in 15. Um, it's different than past teams, you know? Past Pacific teams, maybe they weren't the best on offense, but they really grinded out on defensive end, uh, especially with Julio Tripp. I mean, he was a star, so he helped them, but they were a good defensive team that year. Uh, they had some presence at the rim, but this year, just they have no presence at the rim. And, I mean, like I said, you struggle scoring. It's it's going to be a rough year. I think I definitely see uh, Pacific struggling to win a game. So I have them going 1-15. Obviously, this was made before half the conference got COVID. Some teams are finally starting to come out of it. Tomorrow we'll have our first games and what's felt like forever, so I'll be watching those. But uh, love what San Francisco did. They you know, lost the Gonzaga game, so you schedule another high-quality game to try and make it up with uh, San Francisco and Loyal Chicago. So that's something I hope that gets televised. ESPN should pick it up, but they who knows will. Who knows how it will be recorded at all or streamed. But uh, I really want to watch that game, so it would be a, a shame if it doesn't get uh, somewhere. And once I figure out where it is, I will be posting it on my Twitter. And we'll get into my top ten. So out of you know non-conference over, I wanted to look back over all of non-conference and I'll pick out my top ten preseason wins in the West Coast Conference. Um, this time we'll go from 10 to 1. At 10, I have St. Mary's over Oregon. That was a good game in Vegas. Uh, St. Mary's looked in control the whole time. Tommy Cousy was fantastic down the stretch for him. I think it kind of set the tone that St. Mary's can really uh, be a tournament threat this year. I mean, they beat Notre Dame the first game, and then they beat Oregon. I mean, that And Oregon was, I think, just not ranked, or they were barely ranked at the time. But it's still a good win. I mean... And then taking Wisco, who just beat Purdue, to the line. I mean, they looked a great team, and uh, and they did what they wanted to. They slowed games down. They kept it low scoring in Vegas. Uh, low scoring and made their shots and made the other team just miss theirs. That's I mean, St. Mary's was great, and they looked like an old St. Mary's team, uh, which is good. Shooting might not be there like the old St. Mary's team, which it isn't. It's not might. Shooting isn't there, but uh, hopefully they get that figured out. Number nine, I have BYU versus San Diego State. Uh, this was an early conference, early non-conference uh, tilt. I mean, BYU, the, it was at home, and those fans won them that game. Those missed so many free throws, uh, San Diego State did, because of those fans. The, I mean, it was fantastic. The environment was great. BYU came out with a close win. And, I mean, you saw San Diego State is not a bad team. They're projected into the field right now. So it's another team they're fighting with in the field and that they have a win over. And, I mean, SDSU beat St. Mary's, so it's a good win. I think that was a big one for BYU to have. Uh, and if you're looking at it now, I mean, if they lost that game, BYU would not be in the tournament picture, I don't think. So I think that was a big one for them, and that was an impressive one too. Number eight, we have San Francisco versus Arizona State. San Francisco, and this could be higher because San Francisco played a game right before the – like the day before this one. They played uh, Grand Canyon, went down to the buzzer, grinded out game, low scoring, and then they go to Arizona State, go to Tempe, and beat Arizona State by one, another grinded out game, without Jamari Bouye playing that good. He struggled, and Shabazz stepped up for him, but Jamari Bouye struggled that game, and they still won. I mean, that was a great team win from San Francisco. After coming off a loss and then having to play another game the next day, that's tough. Uh, So even if Arizona State is in a little bit of a down year, I mean, that's a good win. 
Number seven, San Francisco over Davidson. Davidson's a great team. Beat Alabama. They're looking like they might compete in their conference in the A-10 at the top, going for a tourney bid. I think it's another big game for San Francisco. I mean, Davidson is on the bubble right now. So it's just like the San Diego State one where that win is going to look better and better as time goes on because Davidson's a great team. They they are good, and they're getting better. And so San Francisco, I think when you look back at that win, that is very important for them um, when considering how to do uh, how they fit in the bubble picture. Great win for San Francisco. Pulled it out late. I think Jamari Bouye hit a deep three to end it. And it just, that was kind of like his moment of showing like he could maybe be, maybe be the player of the conference this year. Number six, Gonzaga over Texas. I was at this game. Environment was incredible. Gonzaga came out and uh, showed the nation why they're one of the top ranked teams. Uh, Even though Texas looked like a shell of a top five team. They were clearly not top five at that time. They're getting better now, but Gonzaga just really came out and drew Timmy with a great performance, uh, really putting his name up there for an all-American team uh, nationally. Um, So Gonzaga, that win over Texas was great. Showed what Gonzaga, like, they're they're not gone. They're still doing their thing. Uh, Being a top-four team, it kind of cemented them. Now they have top two wins over top ten teams at the time when they were top ten, and that other one is up higher on this list. At number five, I have LMU over SMU. Um, The win was impressive because they had just gotten smacked by Florida State earlier in uh, in the tournament, and then their next game in the tournament was this SMU, and they were down, and they came back and uh, beat SMU. And SMU is looking like they're going to win their conference now. With Houston getting injured, they're banged up. Memphis is a shell of what everyone thought they'd be. So, I mean, SMU has a chance to win that conference, and LMU got the big win over them. Um, I think that was a real – I think that's the peak of LMU showing where their talent could be, um, given the day. When when things go right for them, they are a talented team, and I wouldn't put them past them to, like I said, get better over the year and win a couple games. Number four, St. Mary's over Utah State. Was this game entertaining? Uh, Utah State had a great crowd, uh, and that was just a tough environment for St. Mary's. Almost lost it, got the rebound, fouled with last second, hit the free throws, won the game, and Randy Bennett just chirping with the Ryan Odom after that game and clapping, clapping to the Utah State fans. It was fantastic. Uh, not only that, but it was just a big win over a Utah State team who was tough. Uh, they are a tough team with a great player and a bean. And so getting the win there was big, especially on the road. I think uh, St. Mary's really needed that. And it shows the grit this team has. They can win out tough games. Like They did their thing. They imposed. They can really impose uh, slowing down the game and their game style onto other teams. I thought that Utah State win was great. I mean, just that environment was so hard to play in. But they, they managed to win and uh, get out of there with the win. At number three, I have Santa Clara over TCU. I mean, TCU is a Big 12 team. They are a good team. And Santa Clara came into the first game of the tournament um, down in California. I think it's SoCal Challenge or something. Santa Clara came in without Vrankic. He had mono, and they smacked TCU. Uh, it, sh- it showed the power of Santa Clara. After that win, everyone was talking about them nationally. They had a lot of hype. I mean, but it was true. I mean, well deserved because they had smacked Stanford earlier. Stanford just missed the Stanford game just missed out on my list here, but that TCU game was impressive with no Vrankic. I mean, being able to still control TCU like that and not even just control dominate them. I mean, Mike Miles, who's a really good player, 
and TC. Yeah, I mean, they have good players, and they just got smacked by Santa Clara. Jalen Williams was fantastic. Keyshawn Justice is great. I mean, it shows the how good that offense is on Santa Clara when they're rolling. And um, I think more times than not, they're going to be rolling this year. I mean, you have a lot of scores. Everyone can score in that starting lineup. And a lot of the guards can all shoot now. Vrankic is a good little play. He's a good playmaker. He's starting to learn um, not to try and take it himself as much. He's really started to play more with the team rather than last year when he was taking it, I would say, more for himself, uh, trying to do more rather than just letting his teammates do- help him. Jalen Williams take that big step, but that win over TCU was fantastic. Number two, Gonzaga over UCLA. I was at this game. Uh, I was down in Vegas at the time. Fantastic game. UCLA showed up strong. Gonzaga just knocked them out. Uh, I mean, within five minutes of the game, UCLA fans were pretty quiet the whole rest of the way. Fantastic performance from Gonzaga, especially over this UCLA team, unlike Texas. I mean, they've stayed top five. They are a good team. That was a good win, and um, to do that on the road, I mean, or in a neutral site with more fans, I that was a good win for Gonzaga, but it's not the top win. Top win's BYU over Oregon. It has to be. That was one of the most dominating performances I've seen over a Pac-12 team in a long time. I mean, BYU just owned Oregon. Oregon could not stop them. And not only that, I mean, like it was basically it was in the state of Oregon. But BYU fans traveled great, but they took over the crowd, basically. And BYU took over that game. They were fantastic. Um, everything was just going perfect. Barcelo was unstoppable. Uh, putting up his case for all American, and he still is. I mean, he the way he does not miss shots, like the way he can hit shots consistently. I mean, even players when they're wide open will miss shots, but it does not feel like Alex Barcelo misses wide open shots. He just feels like if he's open, you just messed up, and that's th- free three points, especially on the perimeter. But uh, they are they were so entertaining to watch. Uh, Fus Traore played great that game. I remember watching that game and. Just everyone, I was watching with a couple people, and everyone, we were all thinking, wow, this this is an incredible performance. And it shocked it shocked the college basketball world. I mean, Oregon was, I think, 12 at the time, maybe even higher. Uh, and they got smacked by BYU on ESPN. And I think, really, that's when everyone started looking at the rest of the West Coast Conference, and they were going, wow, four teams could maybe make it this year, maybe five at the time because Santa Clara was playing great. So you're looking, and you're like, wow, there's five great teams here. I mean, BYU really, that win over Oregon put West Coast Conference on the map, and they since then, just West Coast Conference has been talked about consistently from a lot of these top analysts. I mean, you've seen it get a lot of attention this year, deservedly, but it's all started with that BU, BYU win over Oregon, and I just think that was clearly, um, maybe Oregon's not the best team, but the way BYU won, and at the time where they were, I mean, it has to be, in my opinion, the best win of the preseason so far. Thank you for listening. Uh, again, ready to get excited for, <laughs> ready to get uh, into conference play. I'm really excited to finally see him play. I mean, having COVID knock out a whole week, whole your whole first week conference play is very frustrating, especially for fans like me. I just want to see you know how each team stacks up versus each other. Uh, we haven't seen any teams play against each other so far, so power rankings uh, are all of what we've seen them doing non-conference but i mean conference is a whole nother beast especially this year with how deep it is this is clearly the best conference has been mark pope said that and uh his and the byu tv show he said this is the best the conference has been ever 
And I, I stand by that. I mean, this conference year is going to be very entertaining. So I'm looking forward to it, and I hope you all are too. This is the end of the episode. Thank you for listening, and have a good rest of your day.